Yes, Honest Actors is back with brand new episodes every Friday. To help me continue releasing new episodes without a sponsor, or to say thanks for your favourite old ones, click the support link in the episode description. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. It's a one-off, feeling generous, good deed for the day sort of thing. Think of it as bumping into me and buying me a drink. To find out more, click the support link. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Uh, yeah, mine's a large red. I hate those guys. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My name is Adrian Lester. I'm Joanna Scanlon. Terry Minot. Bronna Taggart. John Joe O'Neill. Sarah Ball. Tom Riley. Kate Fleetwood. John Heffernan. And I'm Jonathan Harden. And very, very soon, you'll be listening to a brand new series of the Honest Actors podcast. So, series three, 13 brand new episodes will be with you this side of Christmas 2018. Keep an ear out. I can guarantee that the people you've just heard speak will be part of that series. No surprises there. There will also be a few more surprises that I can't yet talk about. So keep an ear out. It's coming your way very, very soon. In the meantime, though, I've been keeping busy. It's TUC Young Workers Month this November, and every November, actually. And as part of that, I've gone back and spoken to the emerging actors and also recorded a special live podcast for Equity. You may remember that two years ago, I had a roundtable discussion in the spotlight with seven emerging actors. That video went online on YouTube. It's still there. If you haven't already seen it, just search for Emerging Actors Roundtable, and it should be results number one and two. Anyway, I went back, met up with all the guys two years later. So all I wanted to find out was what had happened in those intervening 24 months. How had their careers gone in terms of what their expectations had been? And also what they'd learned along the way, if they had any wisdom to pass on to people who might be in a similar situation or even slightly further back in terms of their career. So have a listen. I find it absolutely fascinating. I hope you will too. The live podcast we recorded last week at the New Diorama Theatre, it was hosted by Lorna Wallace-Taylor and features uh, Emily Barrington and Sean Biggerstaff. It's well worth a listen as well. For now though, Here's another emerging actor. My name's Paul Boychat, and you're listening to the Honest Actors Podcast. Okay, Paul, uh, so um, can you remind us uh, where you were the last time we met you? I had just finished my final uh, play at drama school, I think. I was just graduated like that very month or month and a half. So I was just beginning to find my feet in the industry and decide if I could say that I was an actor and was able to work. Um, Yeah, that's, uh, I think I was looking, I might have just got my first professional job. I think that's where we, that's where we were. So, um, I don't know if you've watched the interview that we did 
way back when. Sure, yeah, absolutely. You have? Have you watched it recently? No. Because I, I watched it recently, Paul, and um, I also went through everyone's applications again uh, to see what kind of things they said. And like it was interesting because you realize exactly why people were picked. Everybody's very different. And that came across, I think, in the discussion. There were definitely, at points in the discussion, two sides. And I feel like um, in some of the sides of, arg of arguments or set of discussions, you were in a, on a minority side, that there was a different vibe in the room that you weren't quite on the same yeah. wavelength as, right? At yeah, points. I think at points, definitely that's And, that's and good, it's yeah. fair to say as well, at points, I felt like I was with you in that, right? Um, so, I, I, at some point, I felt like I was the grumpy old man in the room, I think. Well, it was nice for me not to be the grumpy old man in the room for a change, so thanks for that. Now, um, I'm going to throw that out there as a kind of, I think that was my biggest observation watching it, right? But what I want to ask you first is, are you still doing a bit of acting? Am I still doing a bit of, yes, I am very much still doing a bit of acting. And is it still feel like you have to introduce yourself by saying, I do a bit of acting, or have you kind of resigned yourself to the reality of, my name's Paul and I'm an actor regardless of whether I'm working at the moment um, or not? I am much better at uh, being an actor. My name's Paul and I'm an actor is, is my opening bid, and then I normally caveat it. I, I feel obliged to then caveat it with something like, that obviously means mostly I'm an employee. So you're self-demeaning, you, uh, you build in a criticism before, some, before the person you're talking to can get one Before in. they can ask questions, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, to, to head that off at the pass, yeah. Um, I, I'm still putting that down as progress, though. Right? I, I think that is, that I would, I, I at least now open with I am an actor, but but I'm not quite ready just to let that hang and then wait for the inevitable follow-up questions. Um, one of the things uh, that you highlighted as uh, being your biggest fear when we talked, and actually on the application before we spoke, and I think it came across actually in the chat as well, um, was you put it as. I'm afraid I'll fail to launch. After messing around, picking up the odd free gig here or there, I'll drift back into my old life through sl slow death failure. <laughs> oh, that, that, that. Slow death failure. Oh. Have we got to the point of slow oh. death failure yet? Such an up upbeat, upbeat kind of guy. You're coming, um, you're coming across well. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Could have written it myself. <laughs> it, it's been better than I expected it to be, I think. But. It, but I, I'm completely conflicted about it because I still think it's not where I, where it needs to be. So I've continued to, I, I'm, I am an actor. I've been getting gigs infrequently, but regularly. And I, people have paid me to act, which when we met was one of my very small hurdles that I'd set myself. So you come out of drama school, and I think I wanted to, the first thing was, can, will someone pay me to do this job? And can I get an equity card? Can I get my 500 quid to get my equity card? And can I then not be found out in the rehearsal room as, what are you doing here? You're not an actor. All of those things I've kind of surpassed, I think. And so okay. I'm, I'm actually really pleased with my progress in that. And uh, there's a part of me on a good day thinks, actually, yeah, I can do this job. Like, I'm, I'm okay. Like, I'm not, I'm not bad at it. But I still don't think it's necessarily a full-time job because even when I have a really good run at stuff, I, I'm not sure that's enough to make a living to 
look after kids and like, like say that this is a full-time a full-time career if somebody was to ask your kids what's your dad do would they say my dad's an actor they but would. of course that means he's mostly unemployed or would they just say my dad's an actor and are they kind of fiercely proud of that as well they would say my dad's an actor in fact that happened just the other day with someone and my daughter just spontaneously said my dad's an actor for no like like as five-year-olds do like out of nowhere Obviously, then I had to throw the caveat in like, immediately afterwards to cover my embarrassment. Did you not feel an immense swell of pride, though, at the same time? Yeah, that I think that's nice, isn't it? That is, it's, it's odd, actually, because they're quite young, so it's odd that they don't know me as anything other than that. And like, there are summer holidays now. So well, I'd Dad, bring... one would hope they also know you as Dad. Uh, yes, He's yeah, not the actor yeah, that lives with the, us. The, the actor He's our court jester. Yeah. Stop being monologues, Dad. Honestly, it's just <laughs> breakfast. Come on. <laughs> it's really, no, it's, it's all about practicing every moment. Um, that, that's, that, was, that is good. That's good progress. I'm really pleased with that. It's nice. Because um, whenever you applied to be part of the round table, um, you hadn't yet worked professionally, at least yeah. as far as you were defining it, and that's mm -hmm. something people would define differently, I guess. Um, some it's about whether you've been paid and had a contract. For others, it's about the level of the work. Yeah. Um, one of the things talking about being paid was you had anticipated that in the first year of your career at that point, you were going to make between zero and three thousand pounds. Now, without me asking you to put a figure on it, were you relatively kind of accurate in that projection? I think I was. Slightly, up, slightly pessimistic. Actually, I've done a bit better than that. Good. Um, I, I think just because of the luck of my casting type, I'm. Uh, there are commercials. Like I, I, I get seen a lot for commercials, and occasionally I win one. And that... win, I win one. That's a brilliant. That, I don't know whether that's intentional or whether that's accidental. <laughs> I get the job. I win. I, I won a commercial. Well, it feels like an absolute lottery, doesn't it? The commercials yeah. when you go in when there's like a hundred of you, and it doesn't. I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess you could mess it up, but it's essentially: does he look right? Does the director think this man looks like this product? And yeah. and so it's a real. It feels um, a real lottery. There is no. Um, that it feels very different to other stuff. But so that's kind of kept kept me going a little bit actually, um, and it's infrequent. And you have to go to, I don't know how many castings you have to go to, to before you get one, but a lot. Um, and and that, that's, I guess, the, where, the, where I'm conflicted in that I, sometimes I had, like this, this year, I've had a really good month or six weeks where I was, I was working loads all the time. I was like, everything just seemed to work for about three weeks. And, I'm st and I still don't, I still, that's still not quite enough to be a, like a proper job. I, it doesn't. It feels good though, right? It, it feels great. Yeah, yeah. It feels great. Um, you'd said in the in the round table um, that you really wanted to believe that scrapping hard enough was enough. That that just wanting it would see you through. But by saying that, you were implying that you didn't feel that. Have you changed your mind about that at all? No, I think I'm still. I still. I, I think you still have to scrap and work for it and build and plan for your career, but that doesn't guarantee that it will come off. But I think it's a prerequisite because um, you can't sit around and wait for a lucky break or to be like, it's not going to happen without you putting effort in. 
Um, you have to build your CV, you have to build your experience. I was really aware of that, I think, after graduating that I'd barely touched my training. You need to get your, your time in, your 10,000 hours or whatever. Um, but that still doesn't mean that it's going to build into something where I would then be comfortable to say I'm an actor. It's really interesting. The 10,000 hours reference um, is um, Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers reference. Is it yeah, that, I think that so. thing to be about like really to be, good at yeah, yeah, to be um, virtuoso at anything, be it Bill Gates at programming or be it whoever at classical guitar, you've got to get in 10,000 hours. Now, if that's true for acting, I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're all screwed. Yeah. I don't know Absolutely. about you, but 10,000 hours acting is a lot of, you know, even if it's castings yeah. and you don't get the jobs, it's a lot of castings to get 10,000 hours. But I like, I, it, I, I, I think that's a positive thing. Like, I, I, I don't actually think you're going to get to 10,000, I'm never going to get 10,000 hours, but I, I, I need to practice. It's like an, it's a muscle that needs to be exercised, right? And especially when you come out of drama school, um, uh, it's quite stagey focused, for example. So you, you want to get more screen work. You need experience doing screen work, and I need you need to you need to build that skill set. Well, what do you do then to get those kind of flying hours up? What what do you do if you're not working? Do you go to workshops? Do you do stuff, or do you? Yes, yeah, right. workshops. Um, where you're working for free, aren't you? You're doing student films, you're doing short films, you're going to as many castings or auditions as you can just to get experience of those things. Because I kind of realised I was really under-experienced for screen auditions, like where you're, I was getting quite good at the stage stuff where you can like stand up and, and give it a bit of energy and then you come into a, into a screen audition and you sit down and you, you're kind of in this box where you can't actually move that much because the, the camera's on you and suddenly I was really inhibited by that, it like really affected my performance and uh, okay I need to get more practice at this, if I want to get some screen stuff let's get to some, let's do as many student auditions as I can just to get I remember that's where you were last time um, we're two years on now. Uh, do, you, do you feel like you're progressing at about the right pace or do you feel like you're progressing slower or faster than you'd hoped? I'm progressing faster than I hoped, but it's still not enough. It, it, I, I was really pessimistic, I think, when I came out of school about how I was going to progress. And I kind of had small victories that I wanted to hit, like getting paid, like getting the equity card. And I think I've, I've, if I look back on that, I've done way better than I expected to, just because I am occasionally in employment. You're still not happy though. But, so but that's not enough. You've, you've revised like, your aspirations. It wouldn't be, like, wouldn't be enough in any other job to yeah, say course, that you work that infrequently or you practice your profession that infrequently. That wouldn't be, it wouldn't be enough. Um, so obviously I need to do more. I still, yeah. um, so I'm going to ask a really tough and unfair question. Uh, and that is, why haven't you got to the point where you want to be? God, that is harsh. This is this is where I break down the tears. Um, Please don't. <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't <laughs> that, the that intention. Was, that wasn't the intention. No, I I. I'm not Piers Morgan. I don't think there. There's just not enough work there for us all. There's so many of us. Like I, I don't know how many people. Are, yeah, to you stayed quiet at that question at that question in the round table when I asked, "Are there too many actors?" And there was a chorus of, "No, everyone's welcome." And you, I remember, just sat back and <laughs> bit your tongue. Yeah. Do you think there are too many actors? 
Yes, ultimately, but I completely see why that is because it's when you're doing it, it's, I still feel it's the best job in the world. Yeah, of course. And, and I'm not, then obviously everyone wants to do it. So everyone should have a crack, but that inevitably means that for a given breakdown of spotlight, a casting director is going to look at a thousand headshots. And so the chances of you getting even called in for a self tape, 50. Maybe that's that's if the casting director's feeling particularly uh, diligent. They may just go to their folder from the last similar casting. Right, exactly, right? yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's probably the best case. Um, so how many are you realistically going to get seen for in a given year? Um, it's just not going not gonna to happen. I mean, one of the things as well, it's, it's interesting. I hadn't expected to have so much to talk about based on, on the round table, but I feel like perhaps you didn't get to say some things that you felt quite strongly on the night because you felt like you were the only guy in the room that felt the way you did at that particular point. There was a lot of uh, positivity in the room. And I'm not saying that you've already said you were kind of a negative, but you weren't particularly negative. I think you had a slightly more realistic um, kind of opinion on things than perhaps some others, right? Yep. In, my, in my opinion, but then again, I tend towards pessimism as well, right? Uh, but one of the things I want to ask is because we talked about drama schools and there was an, a discussion, I nearly said argument again, but there was, a, there was a heated discussion, which I felt, I think, I had, a, I had a horse in the race and I shouldn't have had. What was it about, can you get to the point of working on a six-month tour if you're not an actor who's trained at a, I think you called it a... Um, Top line drama school. Your your phrase. I'm using it back yeah. at you. Yeah. Uh, could you get to that point if you hadn't trained at a top line drama school where you could survive that and excel, where you could get access to the, the those big auditions, get into those rooms that you thought were uh, closed off to people who didn't go to Rada, Guildhall, Landa, Central. Um, do you regret at this point? Do you feel like it has held you back, not having gone to? And I'm giving you an out here. I'm giving you a blame. Uh, option. Do you regret not having gone to, as you say, a top line drama school? I regret not really trying to see if I could. Um, I just assumed that was off the table and, and went to a different type of training, which was really good and equipped me f perfectly for where I am. But I think it's about loading the dice in your favour as much as you can. And I think that does make a difference. Um, it doesn't guarantee success in any... Like I, I'm sure there are a whole raft of grads from a top-line drama school that are having exactly the same struggles. And in fact, I've worked with some, so it just brings different pressure because then they get picked up by a high-end agent and suddenly every time they don't, they don't win an, an audition, they feel like they're under pressure and they're going to get dumped from the agency and all of that kind of stuff. So I think it just gives you different problems, but it definitely weighs the dice in your favour in some way. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, the problems are tending towards the diamond shoes being too tight, you know what I mean? Yeah. As opposed to yeah. not being able to buy shoes. Right. right. And, um, and then that doesn't... So that doesn't mean you can't succeed if you don't go to a top-line drama school. I, I just think it's in numbers, like it's an odds of success. And it... Yeah. And it and, in the room, I was surprised actually. Then the roundtable, looking back at it, like how optimistic everyone was, and, and, I, and I thought like, it's like winter is coming here, and you 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 don't like it's going to be tougher yeah. than you think it is. Um, and so I'm really interested to see actually if that survives. Like, that um, I have to say, in general, I'm disappointed of how well people are doing. 
I hope more of you would have fallen by the way. Not one of us has like left the industry. (laughs) Well, I don't know yet. I haven't. You're the first Uh, person I'm talking to. Okay. So um, you'll know that I asked online people and I asked you guys if you had any questions for each other and some came up. And so um, I'm just going to, it'll probably seem like a bit of a tone change, but there's a, a bit more rapid fire, but rapid fire is not really the word, but do you have an agent now? Yes. Um, how did that come about? It came about from drama school and the showcase, and then that kind of writing to the agents that you might be interested in. Some of them see you at the showcase. Some of them invite you in for audition. You do your two monologues. You have your little chat, just like you would at an audition, and you get an offer or two if you're lucky. And have you... Have you had, is this your first agent you've had? It is, yeah. And okay. it's co-op, actually, I should say. And uh, that's been really successful for me, I think. Um, so you have to do your shift in the office. Um, different co-ops have different requirements on that. And it really helps you to see the breakdowns, of what's coming through on Spotlight, what the casting director's are looking for, who's getting seen for stuff, who's not getting seen. That's been a really interesting insight. Um, how do you find work outside of that? Do you still do anything beyond uh, having an agent or being an agent? Do you still self-represent in some Yes, respects? so there's lots of other places online to, where people put breakdowns on. Um, so I self-apply. That tends to be either ridiculously underpaid commercial work that you shouldn't touch because it undermines the whole industry because they're just going for the cheapest price point possible. And responding to those, I think, undermines us as a profession. Um, but then there's a whole bunch of opportunities, unpaid things, student films, short films, people just like you trying to build out a career. Um, you can apply on those fringe theater stuff. That is the mainstay, I think, of how most people build out their CV and their experience and their profile. Um- just on the subject of self-representing, do you do social media? Mm, I've flirted with it, but I think I'm just too old and grumpy to have the energy. It's not, it doesn't come naturally, so it takes an enormous amount of energy for me. And after a bout of a month, I lose en- energy and then stop. And so I've retired from that. Okay. Um, and I don't... I, I really really don't want it to be that that is important. Okay. <laughs> On the subject then of, of being old and grumpy, you're, I think, neither, but uh, I certainly enjoy categorising you that way, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you shouldn't I have any problem with it either. The rest of the kids. Yeah. The kids. Yeah. Uh, so do you think being an actor has had an impact on your mental health generally? It's... Oh, like most, most of the answers to your questions, I think, and and... And to all of the things I think about, and I do this on a daily basis, like review, review it, I, I feel conflicted about. On the one hand, I've never felt more alive. Like, it's, when, when you actually do get, get a gig and you do some work, it's just the best thing in the world. It's like absolutely joyous. Like even, the, the, like, like, you know, I, can, you can, I do commercial work. I love doing commercials. Like, he's, he's smiling, by the way. I mean, he's actually smiling. He's yeah. actually smiling, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's great. It's great stuff. I love it. And I feel completely free and alive. And even when I'm not working, like, just doing stuff on a daily basis, trying to keep exercised as an actor, is, is brilliant, I feel. I, so I've, and I, I feel much more engaged with that than I've ever done on any of my other jobs. And it, it, it's just changed my whole outlook on life. On the other hand... I think it's mentally really tough like to deal with the unemployment on a daily basis, getting up, not 
doing anything, like making your own, being self-motivated thing. You go two weeks and then you start, am I really an actor anymore? Like, like what? You know, when your daughter says, my daddy's an actor, and then and suddenly, whoa, that becomes like a mental crisis over breakfast. Um, and, and then obviously there's the rejection and the self-doubt when you don't hear back from casting and you think, oh, I'm never gonna, I, I, what am I even doing here? I'm not an actor, I complete, when you really, you absolutely blow an audition and you think, God, what, what am I doing here? That was, that was terrible. Um, that's quite hard to get over, isn't it, I think? It takes a day or two to kind of throw that off. And you don't get that when you work in IT or you're an architect, well, I, I imagine. I, like, I, don't, I don't think you get that, that daily questioning of your competence um, and ability, and you certainly don't get rejected on a weekly basis. So it's fair to say then, in the past two years, you spent a lot of time thinking, not just about how to be an act, a better actor, but also about whether it's for you, you're still having that kind of occasional doubt about whether it's something you should pursue. Partly, I guess, with the kids. I think that was an issue last time as well. You talked about that responsibility that certainly none of the others at that point had. Yeah. Um, in those two years, then, with all that thinking, you must have developed some, or come up with some uh, articles of wisdom. You must have developed some coping mechanisms. You must have worked some things out. What have been the biggest lessons of the past two years? Well, personally, I, I need to stay exercised as an actor. Like, if, if, I, if I get to, to that two-week point and I don't think I've done anything, even if for a good reason, because I've been on way on holiday or I'm just looking after kids for some holiday and I'm not, not focused as much, that, that I'm not sure I'm an actor doubt is, is corrosive for me. It's like a little worm that eats away. And I, and I have to stop that by doing a self-tape right? or doing doing something that makes me feel again like an actor. So do you do self-tape not on spec, so you'll just do a self-tape for yourself to watch back? Is that what you're saying or do you mean? Yeah, and there's there's a, a casting director um, has a an online thing where you it can send you scripts and you can do it and upload it and look at other people's and all that kind of stuff. So okay. that, that's, that's, that's been really helpful for a practical thing and just to feel exercised. Or it might be doing workshops like once a week trying to get a workshop that's costs some money though so not everyone can do that but but like as often as possible trying to do some do something if on a and it doesn't even need to be every day maybe for me but but having that regular touch point where you still feel like you're you're, you're doing an actor because if you're if you're waiting for the phone to ring I, for me personally, that would be the end of it. I think, especially feeling quiet, living out of town a little bit, you you feel quite cut off. It would it's really easy then to drift in in terms of your old back into your old life. Um, will you still be doing this in two years? If I email you again and say let's have a chat, do you think what do you think of the percentage chances? We did a lot of this in the roundtable, like you know, yeah. not the hundred percent. What do you think of the chances, Paul Boychat, actor? will still be completing his tax return in two years' time. 50-50, maybe? Like, honestly, like to be... Am I going to find myself in two years having a chat where you go, I was overly pessimistic last yeah, time? Yeah, well, maybe. I hope so. Perhaps that's one of my coping strategies. Perhaps that's one of the things I've learned, or perhaps that's just how I get through life, is like set the bar low and then, and then overachieve it. But um, 
I, I'm not sure this is a full-time job, right, actually. There's not enough work going around. I think this is a part-time job for most of us. For the vast majority of actors, it's only ever going to be a part-time gig. When you mean part-time, you mean it's only ever going to fill part of your necessary income. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and at some point, then, you have to think, is th it becomes then like a massively expensive hobby or a like class A drug use. It feels really good, but at some point, you might want to develop other aspects of your life. Um, and, and I, there are other ways you can get that. Like, like um, at what point does doing loads of free fringe work essentially become not that much different to doing Amdram or something, like, like high quality, like, there's, okay. there's, it's not. Okay, so where do you want to be in two years then? If we meet in two years and I was to present a little list and last time it was get paid and have an agent and this time you've achieved that and surpassed it, yep. what would be on the list in two years? So I personally feel need to feel that I'm getting better all the time at it. I think that I can see some improvement in my experience. Well, that gives me the heebie-jeebies. My, my ability. Why, why is that? Because I, 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 I go, oh, no, if you're meant to constantly get better, I should have given up years ago. <laughs> yeah, but that's obviously not true, says, like, like franchise, Disney franchise actor. <laughs> yeah, and, well, you know. director extraordinaire. I mean, I, I did read a comment on YouTube a few weeks ago that had my clip from Star Wars where I have one line and underneath it somebody written, this is the worst acting I have ever seen. <laughs> Don't read the comments, he learned. Uh, oh, so so what, might it, what might it be in two years, just to be, just to be a better like, actor? Yes, so at the moment, I, 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 in fact, I've changed a little bit from when I first graduated. I thought I was really greedy for like, I want to do voiceover work, I want to like get better at, like do, 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 do everything. I'm, I'm trying to be much more focused now. And so specifically, I want to get more um, screen acting experience and work to that mythical first TV credit, right? That's, that's my immediate goal. And to do that, I need more experience, increased quality of short films, get seen more often for TV roles, um, and build towards that. And if anybody did want to contact you, Paul, how would they go about doing it? <laughs> they, they, they could find me uh, via my agent or uh, on Twitter at Paul Boychat. Hashtag. You see, I'm so down with the kids. I don't even know quite how to. Yeah, uh, you are old me. and grumpy. You me. are yeah. old and grumpy. Um, uh, final uh, uh, Go ahead. Uh, just to finish off that question in two years then. So uh, like, Sorry. that might not be, that might not be my goal in outside the next six months maybe, but, but whatever it is uh, that I will be telling you, my, it, I need to be having, seeing some way towards get, getting there, I think. Like, a better quality of work then. Better quality of work, yeah. And, is... and, and just a broader experience of, of acting. Because uh, I can see that already with stuff that I've done, it's all been good. Oh yeah, that's, that's new. I survived, I got better, I learned some new stuff, did some good work, hopefully. That's, that's all I really want from life, I think, maybe. Um, I'm going to ask this, it's unfair. It's unfair on everyone, I always ask it. It's my last question. Are you in anything at the minute? <laughs> that is unfair. No, I'm not. Well. I'm, I'm penciled, I'm waiting on a callback, which they're <laughs> obviously not going to tell me. Motherfucker. <laughs> and then, obviously, like, I think I'm about two days away from when they should be rehearsing before they go into filming. 
and and obviously I'm still there's a still little part of me. There's that, every chance you will get that job. The, yeah, yeah, right. Even when they start the day of the rehearsal, probably the guy that they have picked is going to pull pull out, and then they'll call me up because I'm still penciled, right? Who says you were negative? <laughs> Who says you were pessimistic? <laughs> yeah. Listen, uh, thank you so much for coming in to see me and for chatting. It's been great to catch up. Uh, and I hope that we meet again in a year or two and that you've surpassed again what you aspired towards. Thank you. I look forward to seeing how all the optimistic, upbeat kids have gone. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Paul. Thanks. And that's it for another Emerging Actors Chat. Six more of those are available this very day on this very same podcast outlet. But before I let you go and listen to those, I have some thank yous. Thank you to Jennifer Kay and Louise Waller, the assistant producers on this. Thank you also to Theatre Delhi and 1984 Personal Management, in whose spaces I recorded the interviews. Theatre Delhi, you can follow on Twitter at Theatre Delhi. You can also find out more about what they do at theaterdelhi.co.uk. So thanks to both Theatre Delhi and 1984, to Louise and to Jennifer. And don't forget... Series 3 is coming your way very soon. Make sure you're automatically set up to download it. And there's also a live podcast event for TUC Young Workers Month in association with Equity that's also available this very day. The guests on that, Emily Barrington and Sean Biggerstaff, it's well worth a listen. Have a go. Anyway, I'll speak to you soon when Series 3 is out. Take care of yourself. Speak to you soon. 